Hello, hello. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Optimizing Your Financial World. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. We've got Mark Wade, president of Echelon Family Office, standing by. He'll be joining me momentarily. But look, first and foremost, we want to thank you for finding your way here back to the show. And also, we want to lay a framework as to what you can expect on today's conversation and today's episode as a whole. Uh, you know, Mark and I, we've been tackling different wealth management-related topics in every single episode thus far. And today, I really like today's topic because we're, we're making you look inside yourself, and really ask a question of yourself. And that question is, how good is the financial advice you're getting? Well, we're going to identify why you probably should be getting some better financial advice than what you're already getting. And luckily, since Mark spent nearly four decades doing the only thing he's ever done, that's wealth management, we're, we're lucky that we have him aboard to kind of share why you should probably be getting better financial advice than you are already. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Mark on to get the conversation rolling today. Mark, how are you doing today? Hey, Ryan, I'm doing great today. How about yourself? Hey, can't complain at all. We're recording on a, on a bright, shiny day here. Uh, looking forward to today's conversation as well, Mark. And, and I think a good place for us to get started is, is acknowledging that in your work, Mark, with high net worth clients, you know, over the years, you've been seeing a little bit of a troubling trend among some, especially some newer clients maybe that have come in your way. And, and that is that a lot of successful, wealthy people and families are just not getting the financial guidance that is most appropriate to their goals, their aspirations, everything that applies to them. Where are you seeing this mainly? You know, you say that you're seeing more people these days not getting that high quality advice. Where are you seeing this? Yeah, Ryan, you're absolutely right. So, you know, it's in our experience, you know, what we find is typically when we first meet someone, you know, when we get together to see whether or not we're a good fit and whether or not the clients and, and ourselves should work together, you know, we're seeing unfortunately a real high percentage of those with, you know, outdated wealth plans or financial plans and they're just not right given their current goals and their current situations. And so even when the overall plans, you know, they, they may look pretty good. We often find that there are specific products or other solutions that are in place that really don't make sense any longer. Maybe they've grown out of them or maybe their family situation has changed dramatically and they need to be changed. Man, Mark, so that's that's got to be an alarming moment for you as a wealth manager, acknowledging that this is a problem that you know that's happening. So let me ask you this: Then, is there a clear reason why this is even happening? You know, is there a driving force behind this trend of people that is that are getting less than ideal financial advice? Hey, Ryan, there could be any number of reasons why <clears throat> that a client's current situation could be suboptimal, right, or even flat out bad. Uh, you know. Uh, with with their current plan and their and their current advisor and what you know what we believe is you know one of the big culprits here is that you know the folks just aren't working hard to find the right types of advisors for them and their family you know and I, I have to admit it could be difficult to find advisors who we, we would describe uh, under all circumstances as both extremely talented and those that really care about the well-being of their clients and go the extra yard, right? Remember the human element, we always talk about that. So it's common for people and families to end up working with advisors, which maybe are not quite the right fit for them anymore. Yeah, Mark, so it sounds to me like the key concern is really just understanding and identifying what a high quality financial advisor looks like, and then then you can know what to go out and look for. So what's the first step here in, in identifying that process? 
Well, you know, certainly finding the right help for you and your family and in your specific situations is, is it's really a big step. And it's, it's a little bit of a challenge. And we believe that you know, you've got to be able to, you know, to evaluate advisors on their expertise. Absolutely. You want to make sure you're working with an expert professional who's, you know, technically competent, of course. But you've also got to accept, assess their intent. What is the intent? Just how committed is the advisor to my well-being? You know, and, and are they committed to helping us achieve what we really want to achieve? So there's a two-part answer there, okay? You know, if an advisor is missing either one of these crucial components, chances are you're not going to have a great experience. It makes sense to me. So it sounds like, yes, when you're evaluating advisors, Mark, through this kind of dual lens approach of expertise and then intent, what do you tend to see on your end, Mark? So, you know, if you use those two as benchmarks, right, you actually end up with basic, basically four different types of advisors, four different categories, okay, and, and, and three of whom you want to avoid uh, if your goal is to try and get top tier advice and guidance. So, for example, you know, there are many advisors out there who, who truly do want to do a great job for their clients, they have good intent, and they really have, you know, they have the best intentions, actually. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. But the problem is that they still lack some of the knowledge and capabilities required to do so. They don't have the required technical skills or they don't know what they don't know. And that's really a critical one, right? So you can think of these advisors as pretenders. They really want to help you and they really may believe that they can. And they're not bad people by a long shot they're just not capable of making it happen on for, for you and your family. So in our experience, you know, the pretenders actually make up the vast majority of professionals in our industry. And unfortunately of the bad ones, right. Of the bad ones, they're primarily, uh, you know, pretenders. And, and so most of these advisors are, are not familiar with many of the more advanced wealth building and wealth protecting solutions in existence, either they're not keeping up, uh, with what's happening in the marketplace, or they just never really learned it to start with. And so, and so those are the ones who often struggle, you know, to implement uh, strategies uh, as well. I mean, they, they may know how to do it, but they may not know how to implement it. So some pretenders lack the proficiency with even the basic wealth building and wealth protecting solutions. And, uh, you know, they should definitely be avoided. Mark, that makes sense to me. And and this idea of pretenders, I, I hear you there. They've they've got the intent part of it, but really it comes down to the expertise that they're lacking to, to build the efficient plan for you and your family. And Mark, you did mention a few other types of advisors that people should be on the lookout for. So my next question would be, you know, are there any warning signs to look out for in other advisors? Uh, yeah. Yep, there certainly are. So, you know, there's this class of advisor, we call them the exploiters, Okay. They are often lead, they are often technically adept. They often have good technical skills, and they may high, be highly skilled in, let's say, advanced financial strategies, and that can help them seem like exactly the right kind of advisor you want to work with. The problem is that the financial and legal strategies they often turn to, you know, they may look real high tech and they may look, you know, technically legal, uh, but they could be highly questionable. So as a result there's often a good possibility that the strategies they may <clears throat> advocate could actually blow up on you at some point in time down the road, and which could be many years after you've taken their advice. So, you know, the key problem here is that these exploiters are not looking out for your best long-term interest. 
their intent and their concern really is your, you know, their content, their intent and their concern for your best interests are not anywhere near what you need or what you deserve. Another thing is that consider that, you know, these exploiters are oftentimes hard to spot because of those technical skills and because, you know, they understand the complex strategies, you know, they often make it hard for other professionals to effectively question what they're proposing. So <clears throat> a lot of these exploiters, you know, they can also be adept at building trusting relationships. So they may have some, they may have, in addition to technical skills, they may, they may be persuasive or extremely persuasive and therefore, you know, potentially dangerous, you know, to your financial long-term security and that of your family. Man, yeah. So the exploiters obviously sound like a rough bunch to, to be a part of and to be in business with. And I'm hoping, Mark, then that the exploiters are probably the worst bunch out there. But do we have to be on the lookout for any other advisors who go beyond what exploiters do? Is there a worse bunch than that? Well, if, if that wasn't enough, yes, <laughs> there's another one. There's a third category. Okay. You know, and the worst advisors, you know, these are the ones that we call, you know, predators, you know, they could actually be criminals and their objective is to separate you from your wealth. You know, they use, they use cunning and guile and duplicity and, and, you know, their goal is to, you know, capitalize on your greed or your not, or your, you know, your naivete or, or your goodwill. Uh, and these predators, they may or may not be technically sophisticated. However, they're superbly capable. They're capable of being able to manipulate you and build rapport and get your trust. And then unfortunately, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of hard to spot in addition to that. So, you know, they could be, and you've probably heard this, they could be somewhat narcissistic and they could be very clever, you know, grifters, you know, these predators can be superficially, um, superficially charming. Uh, they're usually quite adept at faking caring and concern. So it appears, you know, that maybe they're really focused on helping you and then unknowingly, uh, they're going to engage you as an advisor and potentially that relationship is going to be disastrous to your wealth. So the good news is that, uh, you know, outright predatory criminals, you know, they're not nearly as common as the other two groups. So if you end up working with one, you can put yourself at a huge risk, but you're going to, you're going to bump into those people less often than you are the first two. Man, so so three three big ones to avoid. You got your pretenders, you got your exploiters, and then the predators, which you rounded it out for us, Mark. Those are the worst of the bunch, and that covers the three types of advisors that you definitely want to be avoiding. Um, but what about that type of professional that you really should be seeking? That's that's ultimately the question that we're asking in our show today, Mark. What tells me that the professional who's in front of me that I'm looking at right here will deliver that great technical skills while also bringing that, that you know, true authentic intent and they're really looking out for me. What, what shows you that? Hey, Ryan, you know, the ideal advisor is a true consummate professional, okay? And that, that, that means a couple of things. So their expertise is strong. They're sincerely motivated to deliver the best solutions, you know, to, to make a real impact, a positive impact on their clients' lives. And their interpersonal and communication skills are excellent. They're superior even. So they always use, so they're, when they, when they think about the client, they're trying to always use the best solutions, you know, the legitimate ones that come nowhere near crossing the line between advanced and overly aggressive, right? Because a solution could, it could well be advanced, but it could be too aggressive for your situation. So they, they never cross that line. And the consummate professional, well, let's say they're going to stand out in a few ways. And, uh, and maybe, maybe 
let's see, let me run down a few to, to help you identify them possibly. So, all right, integrity, that's a big one, right? They have proven integrity. You know, they likely can give you examples of how they've handled past situations. And, you know, when they're asked to do something appropriate or, or unethical, they tell you how they responded to that. I mean, they avoid those situations all the time. Uh, concern. You know, they're always going to demonstrate a, a really deep concern for their clients, and they're going to take the time to understand what their clients uh, are trying to articulate, and then to explain the recommendations to the clients in a way that the clients can easily see how the strategy is going to, re to reflect their, what their needs are and the solutions to that. So, you know, they are able to articulate how to solve the client's needs with and uh, and to help them reach their goals. Um, let's see. How about how about openness? Right? They're transparent. They're forthright in how they're going to do business, and 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 equally as important, they're very clear and very transparent on how they get compensated and how they're going to work with any of of your existing advisors. So. The situation may be that you have advisors that you do trust and you want to keep. And if they fit well into the overall wealth management team, there's no reason why a new wealth manager can't come in and work with those advisors, whether it be attorneys, accountants, real estate people, mortgage people. So, you know, the idea is not to upset your existing relationships, but to augment them, to make them, to make your team stronger and better. Uh, technical expertise, all right? So we, you know, we talked about that. They have excellent uh, technical expertise in, in a variety of different areas, okay? And it's recognized by their peers. So, you know, they have the right people around that they can call on for other expertise that they don't possess themselves in-house. So that's their expert team. How about uh, they have experience working with people like you? So they work with individuals just like you and families just like yours. They have other clients like that. So the advisor who is right for you is going to be the one who focuses on working with people like you every day. It's what they do. Mark, I really love a lot. Well, all of those are fantastic ways to summarize consummate professional, but one that really stood out to me is that idea of openness and transparency. I mean, boy, how many times in our conversations, Mark, have we brought up the idea of just, you know, clear and effective communication between an advisor and a client. I mean, it feels like every episode it comes back to that level of transparency, that human element within those conversations, it really boils down to the conversations themselves. So Mark, my final question is we kind of bring our conversation to a head here today. It's mainly a question for our audience, which they're probably thinking at this juncture is what steps could they take? What steps could anybody take to size up their current advisor to make sure they're doing all these things? Or if they're to size up, maybe an advisor they're thinking about working with, what steps could they take on this front? Well, that's a really good question. You know, let's face it. Our clients are smart, right? The people that we are going to work with, they're, they're intelligent individuals. They're successful in a variety of different ways, and not the least of which is raising their family. So, so they understand things and, and they understand that, you know, they'll recognize when something feels wrong, okay? Or at the least, doesn't feel quite right, you know? about the people they're working with now or the people that they are thinking about working with. So for example, you know, <clears throat> entrepreneurs with years of experience, right. And, and, and growing a financially strong company, they're often able to spot when, when they're not getting enough financial value, you know, a good businessman knows whether or not he's getting good value for his dollar. Okay. Or maybe when he's dealing with someone whose advice 
you know, might get them in trouble down the road. They have, they have a sense for these things. Uh, these are intelligent people. And one of the best ways to deal with a situation where you're not exactly sure, or you feel like you're maybe you're a little uncertain is to conduct a stress test. We've been over that, Ryan. Stress tests are so valuable and so effective. So, you know, the stress test, that's a, a problem of, you know, critically evaluating different key aspects of your, your current financial situation and how they're being managed. Uh, and it may involve carefully assessing particular strategies or even, uh, even products that you're considering and, you know, putting it through its paces, just like you would an automobile that you're thinking about buying. So, you know, you put it through its paces before you decide whether or not you want to move ahead. So stress testing gives you that opportunity, if you will, to correct mistakes or, or to use solutions or products that can do a lot more to help you accomplish your goals. You know, simply put that stress testing often makes uh, a lot of sense if you want to expose financial advisors who are pretenders, predators, or exploiters, right? There's three that you should avoid at all, at all costs, you know, and to reveal who the true consummate professionals are. Uh, Mark, I love that. I mean, you've really brought it back to, I think it was even our first episode on the show that we took the deep dive into what I think the you're stress right. testing, for, yeah, what the stress testing process is like, because boy, is it such a universal tool. And, and how about to bring it back here in terms of what truly can help you identify what that consummate professional, that elite wealth manager looks like. How about bringing out the stress test once again? So I, I love that, Mark. Great, great point there. And and Mark, let me ask you this then. Uh, you know, if, if anybody out there in our audience is, A, enjoying the conversation today, but B, is interested in talking to you a little bit more about this or even going through maybe a stress test themselves with you and your, you know, your team over at Echelon Family Office, how would somebody go about reaching out to you guys to get that on the books? Hey, Ryan, thanks. So, yeah, so... People who are interested in learning more about us or wanna, who want to uh, talk to us about, about their situation, you know, they could look for us on the web at www.echelonoffice.com. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N office.com. Uh, they could contact me directly, M. Wade, Mark Wade. That's M-W-A-D-E at echelonwealth.com, E-C-H-E-L-O-N wealth.com. Or they can just call our office. 888-892-9882. I love it. Well, hey, Mark, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day because I know this is this is a great conversation, one that brings a lot of value to our audience about identifying how good the financial advice they're really getting. And I mean, you with four decades of experience, you're doing the only thing you've ever done in wealth management. Boy, are you a great source to ask these kind of questions for us. So we appreciate you and we appreciate your time. Wow. Thanks so much, Ryan. I look forward to next time and uh, I have a feeling we're going to have a great topic lined up. I can agree as well. Well, look, and of course, we want to take one final moment to thank you, of course, our audience for being with us here on the show today. As always, if you like the see, you know, you like the conversations, you like what you saw today, please like, comment, subscribe, share, do all the things that help make this show that much better. You know, Mark and I have some great conversations teed up for some future episodes that we really don't want you to miss out on. There's a lot of great financial knowledge that we can share with you on this front. So for Mr. Mark Wade, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're saying so long today, and we thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of Optimizing Your Financial World. <laughs>